Thanks for stopping by and welcome to Words in Motion. Listen to Words Taking Flight, episodes of unique short stories written by emerging authors. Cozy up, pour a glass of wine if you're so inclined. Our wine pairing for tonight's tale, a hearty red, a Pinot Noir from the cellars of Cesar Toski in Hopeland, California. Enjoy the story. Our story for this episode is Once More with Feeling by Edna Francis. Many, if not most, life moments are brief and very personal, based on emotions that accumulate their volume slowly, like the drip, drip, drip of a leaking faucet. You decide. Royce squinted while wiping his glasses with a napkin, returning them to his nose, placing them with a precision. He had a far distant stare. Mackenzie hovered at the edge of his vision. Her words lurked off to one side. We always make important decisions together, Mackenzie said. After 19 years, you're now saying it's suddenly my choice? Is that it, Royce? He turned away as if to ask for the check, but didn't. Royce was sidestepping her question. Damn it, Royce, name one important decision. He felt the toe of her shoe tugging at the back of his leg. He knew it was her way of pulling him back into their conversation. Royce, as long as we have been together, can you name one important decision made without discussion? He pretended to consider the question. I can't, Mackenzie. You're never wrong about something like that. He leaned back, savoring his barely disguised contempt. Royce looked past her shoulder, joining eyes with another woman. He blushed when his look was returned with a sly smile added for emphasis. A smirk flickered, his eyes turning away in direction of the music. The lounge was crowded, nearby conversation and transitional piano chords intruded into the silence of their table. Music and a layer of animated banter created a cocktail lounge symphony. Drinks were ordered. Lovers leaned heads together to whisper secrets. Someone laughed at a joke. Soft music and other voices retreated when Mackenzie stated her demand. At least you can act civil. You've made yourself very clear tonight, looking everywhere except at me. Does it make you that fu- Pausing, she substituted, uncomfortable. Roy smiled, knowing she'd have preferred using the F word. That's why it's just not the same anymore, he thought. Mackenzie's grown too fond of conformity, caring too much for what others think. When did that all change? Royce masked panic, suddenly realizing she was razor's edge close to exposing her feelings. He heard her hesitation, knowing tears were close behind. I'm just keyed up. That was the best he could manage. Work, you know, nothing to do with us, really. Look, you have my full attention. He knew his words were inadequate. Seeing tears watching her head turning to the window, away from the other tables. Reflected city lights blended with her tears, 
Royce saw them as an array of colored jewels adorning her cheek. You think it's unseemly to cry in public, he said, offering his napkin. Words convey precious little sympathy and no warmth. He watched Mackenzie, biting her lips together, sucking the lower lip hard against her teeth. Makeup gradually replaced by tears, he knew that look. It was a three-square red flag at the beach, signaling hurricane force winds. Fuck you, Royce, she said, leaning closer, and fuck your condescending attitude. The quiet way she said that, that put an exclamation point to her words. She folded her napkin with care, placing it on the table. Mackenzie stood and walked away, not looking back. He admired her deportment, knowing how angry she was. He understood her need for self-control. No public displays of feelings ever, he thought. Always so damn civil in public, so different in private. Royce watched her thread between congested gaiety gathered around the piano. She headed toward the women's room. He knew she would use her time in that place to gather dignity around, around her like a sarong, emerging as if nothing was wrong. My arms used to provide comfort enough. Royce was not at ease with that thought. He tried to remember when he'd changed, no longer offering hugs. She's right. I am a condescending pastor. Yes, that's exactly a right word for me. What happened to me, to us? What happened to our greetings each day with serendipity? He stopped. Such thoughts made Royce uneasy. He allowed a half-smile to form behind closed eyes, remembering once telling her that life was a tragedy to those who feel, a comedy to those who think. He recalled her response, calling him a bumper sticker philosopher. Waiting for her return, he felt the lapel of his jacket, taking pleasure in the expense and status his wardrobe represented. He didn't flaunt his Rolex, yet he always noticed someone's eye drawn to it. Tailored suits, expensive watches, and Ivy League ring. Once enough for him, and no longer seemed adequate. Royce was aware of holding too much back from Mackenzie and others. Now watching Mackenzie walk back to the table, he wondered if she knew him better than he was admitting to himself. She sat without a word, smiling without smiling. Royce read hardness setting in behind her eyes. He realized his failure later. He had failed to note she'd replaced vulnerability with steely resolve. Royce saw only a smile that wasn't a smile. Truce, he offered. Oh, why not? The chill of detachment embedded in those two words caused him to shiver. Sensing their coldness, Royce found it safer to complain about the air conditioning instead. They keep it so damn cold in here. Royce, it's over. It wasn't a question. We've been through this before, Mackenzie. You get mad. I retreat. You say it's over. I admit defeat. He didn't mean it to come out sounding caustic, but it did. He flashed on their abbreviated attempt at counseling. Their therapist asked if sarcasm was their form of communication. Royce said, yeah, it's her style. 
mostly, regretting those words to this day. He remembered trying a laugh to sound like a joke to camouflage his true intent. It didn't work, just like the therapy. Mackenzie tugged at a sleeve. You like to think lies a tragedy to those who feel and a comedy to those who think. You've never heard me, what I'm trying to tell you, Royce. That's about my feelings, and I feel remarkably tragic tonight. Why are you laughing? Is it your comedy, Royce? He ran his fingers under his shirt collar. It began to feel like a noose. When did my shirt shrink like this? He wondered. Conversation was slipping out of his control, and he didn't know how to put toothpaste back in the tube. No, I'm not act, lack, laughing at this. It isn't a comedy. I'm laughing at me, actually. But his words still felt inadequate. Come on, Royce. Humility doesn't become you. Your feelings are as tailor-made as your suits. He stopped, about to say something, and watched as she lit a cigarette. She hadn't smoked in years. Fearing outrage from patrons, he looked around the lounge, the way as she waved the match flame out, dropping it into a small dish. I've decided, Royce. A look crossed her face, a look he couldn't decipher. Why now? I know how hard it was for you to quit smoking. It was all he could manage to say. He waved smoke away from his face. She dunked her cigarette in a coffee cup when she saw the maitre d' heading toward their table. Neither could resist smiling as the piano player began a rendition of feelings. My theme song, she breathed out noisily. Mackenzie, I have feelings too. It was almost a plea. They'll play your theme song next, Royce. Send in the clowns. Her laugh was loud enough that a man turned to stare, making his annoyance known. I haven't heard her life laugh like that since, since, since she quit smoking. He let his breath out in a long, controlled gust, her laugh deepening until she started to snort right there in public. Roy signaled for the tab, and as he carefully scanned details, making sure he wasn't overcharged, yet keeping his attention on Mackenzie, he placed cash with a decent tip in a leather packet as they stood, and he helped Mackenzie from her chair. She leaned her head on his shoulder as they walked to the exit. He saw them in a mirror, her long red hair draped over the shoulder of his expensive suit. Leaving a suggestion of dandruff as they stepped into the waiting elevator. Doing what they had done for the past 19 years, they put the conversation on pause until next time.